I'm your host, DJ Unjust, and I'm joined today by a homie, a producer, a DJ, a remixer, just family that was kind enough to give us some time to interview, and that is Hiram. What's up, man? What up, Justin? I'm just chilling at home, you know? Same, same. You know, that's kind of the, uh, I, you can't say it's the, it's 2020 shit anymore. It's just the 2020s because this is expanding beyond, you know, it's turning into a whole decade. So. Yeah, it's actually crazy because right now, this moment in time, you're everybody is starting to see their like Facebook memories and Instagram memories of one year ago when we were all like, whoa, quarantine day two. And like, you know, see y'all next week. 
but it's like yeah right like yeah next week next year next week but also next year <laughs> like 53 weeks not just yeah. uh, one <laughs> yeah. no that's that's legit man I, I admit well i don't use social media so i haven't seen any of my own awkward things but my partner was just saying that she reposted like some anti-mask meme right at the beginning before anybody knew anything and it's like wow yeah a lot's changed since then that's amazing it has yeah it's crazy that yeah. So, you know, one thing I was really kind of curious about just to, to start is um, in sort of your lockdown experience, I know a lot's changed for you because you've switched careers, correct? Yes, that's correct. Um, so you were previously what, music ed? I was teaching music at an elementary school um, mm -hmm. for about six years and then um, Yes, like when COVID came along, there there was just like one thing led to another, to another, to another, and then just it all kind of changed. And now I'm no longer working really for anyone except myself. Luckily, I can say that. And it's going really well. I love it. Congrats. I know last time, you know, we spoke a few months ago and this was all a lot newer and scarier you have a bit more swagger to saying that today yes at first you know it's i mean just the i think we last spoke in december maybe it really hasn't mm -hmm. was it december so what like three four months ago really hasn't been that much time but i think what what's different is <clears throat> i just chipped away at it every single day like different projects so like three months added up to like 90 days of working at it you know that's legit how i don't know how have you found um you know kind of keeping your creativity up in kind of these uncertain times any advice or so i feel like this is where i should talk about the artist's way right <laughs> because to me that actually is um the kind of and if you're not familiar that's like this this book that you know my amazing girlfriend got for me and like at first I was like a book is there like an audio book you know I'm like I'm not really like much of a reader but I love to listen to NPR and like you know it's kind of like reading you really just pay attention to it if you can like listen actively I'm a good like active listener like producing, uh, like mixing and mastering. I know how to like really pay attention to what I hear. So I was like, you know, this fucking book. And and this book also comes like with a, like a work book. So like every chapter you have to be writing and, you know, staying on, on top of these goals that you set and you're kind of unlearning if you're a creative and, or if you're doing really anything, you can apply it to anything. So basically this book is your, the answer that. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, for our, our listeners who maybe aren't familiar, The Artist's Way is something that's really important, you know, for myself going back for, you know, a decade and things I've recommended to others. And it's just crazy that that's something that you've encountered as well, but it's, it's not really not just so much, you're not just passively reading, it definitely challenges you to set goals and it asks, things of you each day for setting your intentions and a lot of that kind of thing. 
it it's really it feels like it's just um it is a like structure it just creates structure that's what it did for me so i had all these elements of things that i did and i was always pretty good at time management but i could be better and there's some things in like everybody's life that it as much as it hurts to say it might be like a waste of time like a certain relationships with people with things um some of like your habits you know you really start to identify everything that you do in your life and how you're spending your time so this this book these these challenges it's not like it's weird to put so much like faith in this book but it blew me away it really did that's how i stay creative now like i was telling a friend earlier today who you know he's a amazing artist visual artist to me patrick um he he does some stuff with like shed barbershop in austin and um he loves to do like limited runs of merch that are like wonky and like fit a little funny or like it's like not your typical merch so like i was talking to him about creativity and we were we were kind of going talking about how things have gone and how we go through highs and lows and then i mentioned this book because in the artist way you learn about the highs and the lows and you learn how to react to it and you learn how to survive it that's really all you have to do it's just like going it's going to come back the creativity but like right. this the creative well isn't actually dry it's um it's just not as high as usual but it's still there right well i mean something we haven't touched on yet but i think is really key is the kind of self-love aspect or the ability to uh, for me at least it was helpful to break down my like number one critic as myself and start to try and just create without judgment and leave that to other people so that it's crazy i'm like did we talk about this last time too because i just talked to my friend about this patrick and i was telling him you know he was like what and i'm like yeah man read this freaking book and it feels like i'm selling it to people it's almost like i'm like knocking door to door talking to all my creative friends and i'm like please read this book if you're in like a slump and it's from like covid and and it's because you probably had some kind of in like an ego death because everything changed for so long that you're not who you were before and you miss that so like it comes with like depression and all these things so i was like even when you think the well is kind of dry and what you're making is trash you judge it of course right but it's still a body of work yeah. it's not a body of judgments yeah, totally. I I think of and, and this is tangential definitely, but um, one of my kind of heroes is is Hayao Miyazaki, the animator that did like Hulk mm -hmm. Movie Castle and Spirited Away and all those things. And, and I have one of his art books, and it's a, a really large. It's maybe like a you know eighteen inches tall, and <clears throat> one of the pages has a really intricate single panel of him drawing the moving castle. And he talked about making mistakes on those individual cells and needing to just like trash them. And it's like that one cell, that one drawing is so perfect, but you still are, is so nice. 
but you still have to have a higher standard, you know, to make something that's bigger than just one one thing, I guess. So I, I right. But it's yeah, it I I feel that with everything now. Uh like I I make something and I'm like, you know, this is not great. You know, what I made last week was better, but it still serves a purpose. Like it might one day I can like still work with it or um, right. maybe it can fit in an album, like a bigger piece of work, kind of like what you're saying, like, and it can be an interlude. Who knows? You don't know because you haven't seen the whole project yet. You're right. not even getting to the whole project. You're, you're stopping yourself and stopping at like the single or like imagine like all these years I've been remixing now I'm finally making original music if I wouldn't have gotten the confidence with those remixes I would definitely lack the confidence to make something original and right. put it out for the world so yeah so you just gotta totally in that spirit I guess can you talk about sort of balancing like just time in the woodshed versus inspiration because sometimes it's it's hard if you're not feeling inspired it can feel kind of like work but you also kind of have to keep chipping away at it and you can't wait for inspiration to to come right and and there's i feel like what i think now of what i do um before it was so broken up and curved compartmentalized that it was like okay this is me when I DJ this is me when I produce this is me when I'm teaching this is me when I'm doing an event like open source but now it's literally just all the same and it's just this one idea and I feel like it's all connected now like it's all it's not separate anymore yeah. and I think it's because I don't have my old day job anymore. I think that's what was keeping it all separate was the the schedule of that. Mm -hmm. Well, and it sounds like you were spending some mental energy trying to maintain the lanes, even like when you could spend that time focusing on this overarching kind of thing. So then when, when I'm maybe feeling like um, uninspired, so, these days it's really been like I hear a song one day and I just like take a note on my phone and I'll be like driving or something mm -hmm. and then a lot of the times it's not it's a song I've never heard but it's a popular Spotify song or like something on a playlist that my girlfriend is listening to and I'll be like hey what is this and she'll be like oh this song and I'll be like yep I'm gonna take a picture of that and I like take a picture of it in her car mm -hmm. and and I'll be like, I'm going to remix that because I already know that it has like room for drums or like a bass line or I can chop it up. And then it ends up happening in like one day usually. Yeah. So when I don't feel that energy towards music production, I know I have these other things that could constantly be improved. So it's like I'm sharpening the blade, but I'm not always striking, you know? Right. Yeah, so you have, um, you know, you're maybe kind of gathering seeds for when you're maybe not as just obviously inspired to sit down and make something specific. You do have kind of a, a treasure trove of <clears throat> ideas. Inspiration, or, yeah. Yeah, inspiration. Yep. That's, that's a cool idea. I, I know I, I tend to like to 
I try to procrastinate forward. So if I have a few projects going on, there's always going to be one that I don't mind doing and the other two I'm kind of like, ah, I'll, I'll do that later. And so that that's kind of been my own somewhat of a productivity hack <laughs> for somebody who's a wicked procrastinator. Yeah, the I never thought of it like a treasure trove, but it, it does feel that way. And I'm seeing it in other things like if I'm going to go out of town and it's like a city where I know there's a friend who would be down to work on music, I'll make sure to have a bunch of samples ready and like, you know, maybe a track that in mind that I want to remix. And I won't tell them any of it. I'll just like, and I won't start working on it without them. But then I have it all like when we get in the session and it's like, I was thinking about doing this, this, and this, and that just gets the ball rolling faster before you start to like sink into the feeling of like comfort. I don't know how to explain it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's, that's pretty smart. I, I like that. Do you, you know, do you have in creating a track, um, uh, kind of any formula where you kind of start with drums first or bass or melody or is there any, you know, structure so, there? Really, um, there is a lot of structure to my remixes and I, I'm starting to really see the difference between doing a, a like a bootleg remix or whatever you want to call it, you know, like just an edit, something like that, where it's like a mashup, but then I add production, things like that, where I have formulas um, and usually it's pretty efficient. Like I'll usually find an instrumental or something and then I'll just like hum along and fit an acapella from mm -hmm. some popular song that people in the club might like. Or, um, you know, this last one I did, I've, I, my formula has kind of evolved to hearing the music and really doing almost nothing to it but really kind of like the daydreaming remix that I did with Matt Hall, like where it's like really a redrum. It's like a rework. It's not so much like we added a whole new synthesizer and we just changed subtle things, but it's different enough to where you still have the integrity of the song, but it's better for the atmosphere inside of a club or something. So yeah. with, with that, I usually just hear the song and I'll notice like, okay, there's not a huge, crazy clubby kick here. So I can add that. There's no like percussion. There's not a lot of clubby percussion. I'll add that. I can EQ the bass and like add a little bit of a different bass line. Um, mm -hmm. And then that's kind of how it's starting to go these days for the remixes. The originals are more like, usually I'll start with some chords. I don't know. Yeah. So that's like, a little bit different, you know. And uh, in that spirit, I guess, what, um, you know, what's kind of your go-to workflow or gear that you use to produce? Is this like Ableton or um, do you have a MIDI controllers or anything like that? Man, you know, I used to have the whole decked out studio, like Yamaha HS7s or something like this two monitors, it wasn't decked out, but for a home studio, I really loved it. Um, and then like a subwoofer and a machine studio, like the big machine. And it was like just so much stuff. And like this keyboard is all I have now, actually. 
And I know no one can see it listening, but um, it's just like an 88 key, like weighted key keyboard that just luckily has a um, USB to plug into um, machine, which is the program I use, which is another really, I feel like uncommon, like people are like, you use just machine or you use machine as a plugin. I make the whole track in machine. I've made a whole album now in machine. <laughs> and <clears throat> it's kind of considered a plugin, but it's pretty powerful, I think. Yeah. And I don't use the pad. I sold all that stuff, which is what I, I was leading to. I sold all that studio stuff. And now I just work with my laptop and sometimes even just like AirPods. But yeah. I have someone who now does my mixing and mastering and like I pay them for that so I have an engineer for this new album but all the remixes and stuff I just use headphones cool that's awesome I mean I I, I wasn't putting trying to put a value judgment on the amount of gear like I, I sometimes think that's actually a hindrance when you have everything under the sun where do you even start kind of thing I completely agree I used to kind of be like it was so much that I could do. Like, where do you start? Like you said, and, and it would get me stuck. And then I would notice that people would come over to my place and it would be like, Hey, yeah, let's like try and work on something. And everything we would make, it was just like underdeveloped or like we would, you know, just not finish, maybe start like drinking or like, I don't know, and just get distracted and then start partying. And then we were actually never working. We would just be messing around with like all the cool gear and like jamming, but not actually doing anything. But then it's a double-edged sword because now when people are like, hey, yeah, I'm gonna come through to Houston. Let's work on music. I'm like, yikes. All I do is sit on my kitchen island with my MacBook Pro and like one AirPod, I only have one. Other than that, like I have to plug in my headphones and like, that's also for one person. So it's like. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's, that's pretty interesting. I mean, I, I feel, you know, I, I've been trying to dabble a little bit of music production and just opening up Ableton alone is like, oh my God, there is so much you could do. Like, I don't even really know where to start. I don't like that, that can be, you know, I could spend my kind of motivational time just kind of looking at that and being like, okay, uh, and then I just don't do it. You know, and I've actually, um, with like, you know, teaching kids and stuff, I, I taught for like six years, like a traditional music theory, but then also like very untraditional, uh, like production, like what they were learning to like write on the staff, I then would like be like, okay, now I want you to record it into GarageBand or like do this or that. And Ableton is not the easiest program to start on. Um, and now actually Morgan is a friend, Morgan Morgan, who yeah. is looking to get into production. And he kept saying like, I'm gonna get Ableton. Everybody's t telling me to get Ableton. And I'm like, all right, you know, try it. But it's, I'm like steering him, trying to steer everyone that says that. Everybody just is like Ableton, Ableton, Ableton. And it's like, there's so much you can do that you're not going to be able to do the basic thing right away. And I think that's the excitement and the wonder that you can get with um, machine because machine is just so straight away. You just start clicking things 
and you're making patterns, well, you have to think of things as patterns, I guess. Right. So like you learn eventually. And now I have actually someone who signed up as my first production student, and he's going to be learning on Zoom on machine. So we start, he had his kind of like first class in person the other day and he starts next week on Zoom, so. So I do want to kind of go back a little bit there to highlight that you really haven't just trashed your education background, right? Like you're trying to- No way. Going still. I, you, have the, you have a DJ Academy, correct? Yes, so now I'm like, shit, did I accidentally name it the wrong thing? Because I'm like, it's a DJ Academy that offers production. Or do I also have to have a production academy? You know what I mean? Now it's like, it's so narrow. It should have just been like the academy or something, you know? <laughs> but I got like the DBA and everything. So like it's official and, uh, you know, maybe I can have a couple different little businesses and then maybe they all fall under one LLC kind of thing. I, I'm learning how to do it and it's pretty expensive. Um, and I'm not really generating much money, but like I said, I have like that student that just signed up and they start next week. And so it's looking promising because it, that's gonna take you a couple of years. So even if this person is enrolled for years, you know, which is a lot and I don't expect that, but like that's a steady amount of income and it's long-term if right. they're serious about it. So it's exciting. That's cool. Yeah, I love that you're keeping, you know, all these parts of yourself and still being able to kind of work for yourself instead of for someone else, though. That's dope. The idea I really want with the school is to then start hiring some of my friends who I really respect still and maybe aren't really getting the gigs that they used to get before COVID. Yeah. And they people need income. I'm a perfect example. Like, I stopped getting booked here locally, like almost entirely. It's starting to pick up again. But like during these last, this last year, there were some people who were steadily gigging. Of course, I'm not the kind of person to do that because of like what was going on. And like, I just got my vaccine. Like now I feel a little bit more comfortable, but before I don't think I would, but then it was never even offered. So it was like, who are these like, people like I I felt like I needed help and I know a lot of friends also did feel the same way and probably still do so I want to like kind of tie it all back in like the DJ community I can't teach the whole world but if I have like 20 students I'll probably need another teacher or two that's awesome um so I know we've referenced it on the you know previously talking about open source but will you introduce the concept to our listeners and kind of talk about what you're doing next there so open source it just really I am so happy that it's coming back and like we were about to celebrate our three-year anniversary last March so those memories are coming up in social media like the flyer and things like that <clears throat> and so now this March slash April is um, our four year anniversary. So we are going to be having our, we had a new year's Eve party, but it wasn't exactly what I would say our traditional preference would be. You know, it was a, 
a venue which we've never really, you know, with our venues, it's an amazing venue, of course, the flat, and I love DJ Sun and everything, but I really have a thing for White Oak Music Hall, and um, I love them so much. Like, I love their professionalism. I've been knowing them since the, the early days at Fitzgerald's, and, like, they've always supported me as an artist. Like, they, they had me opening for, like, crazy acts in early in my career, and I'm so grateful. So anytime I can work with them there, it really feels great. So we're going to be back at White Oak Music Hall, but on the rooftop. And it's only going to be about 70 people. Our last anniversary we celebrated was in 2019 with La Kim, which was like amazing. And it sold out. It was like 300 ticket sales which to me, we're just some, some kids. That's what it feels like. But now it's like, I I don't feel like just some kid throwing a party anymore. Now I really feel like, especially after not doing it for one year, going into it now, I feel so much passion. So our first party back is going to be a capacity of 70 people on the rooftop. And that includes the DJs and the staff. So it'll probably be super limited, like 50 people. And then we're going to be having the love below come from Miami, which that's like, I love them. And it's going to be Baraka and telescope thieves um, spinning with us because last time we had um, Pazmal and maneuvers so I talked to them and I was like, you know, I love y'all, Paz and Maneuvers, but like, I want to book everyone. I want to show up to the whole squad. So can I get like, you know, Baraka and Kelly this time? <laughs> and, and he's like, yes, of course. And, you know, we're all kind of thinking of going. So Paz isn't going to be able to make it, but like um, Pancho Maneuvers, he will be able to make it, you know, Junil, I don't think he's going to make it, but there's, you know, they have a big team, but like some of them are going to be able to come just to hang out. And that's amazing to me. Yeah, man, I love the love below and what they do. It's so cool that you're able to kind of cross pollinate and drag them out to Texas or go out to Florida or whatever. That's, that's just awesome to me. I mean, frankly, Telescope Thieves is somebody I've been like geeking out on SoundCloud for like the whole fucking time i don't even know how long i've been following him on soundcloud probably seven years or something like that i don't know like oh telescope thieves yeah yeah i i remember i would see his name around a lot and it was like around when like future bass and things were like fresh uh-huh. like the future beat show was like on episode like 20 or like you know it was like early on very early that's definitely and, and when I started paying attention to, to all of this, for sure. And it's crazy to just, because I remember seeing his name on SoundCloud and, you know, I had like maybe a thousand followers at the time or maybe like 500. And I'd be like, who's this guy with like, he gets plays. And I'd be like, damn, telescope these. And I would have some of his tracks and I'd be like, you know, back then it, it was so far-fetched to think these are going to be like peers or things like that. But now it's, it's crazy to, to, you know, be like, Oh yeah. Tell us. Yeah. Like I, I did like an interview with him for the love below. And he told me he, he, like when we ended, he was just like, man, I'm sitting inside of a closet. It's getting kind of hot in here. I just wanted to get crisp sound, you know, 
And I'm like, okay, yeah, it did sound really muffled. So like, it's just funny to like crack jokes and like go there and break bread with them, bring them here. And it's, it's nice. So you, uh, you're talking about the old days that did give me a flashback to young slutty opening for Sango at Wall Street. Uh-huh. That was actually yeah. the first time I ever saw you. And I was like, who the hell is this guy with this crazy name, these awesome beats? Like, that's gold. <laughs> yeah, so that name I remember was such a moment in time for me because I guess I've always kind of been aware of like how to try to portray yourself and who's your market and their age what are they listening to you know branding things like this so this was at a time where you know and it goes back to white oak music hall peg star events um you know at the time it was not white oak yet but there was or maybe there was a white oak but there was also like free press Summerfest and like fitzgerald's was still around so i remember they would book me almost every year consistently for like four or five years in a row uh, at Summerfest. And like, I started to understand the crowd there specifically was like young kids. And, you know, this was around the time that like Riff Raff and like Lil B, you know, things like that were really popping off. And I was like, you know what? This year I'm going to go by Young Slutty. And it's, it, it, I didn't, I was also starting to produce around that time. That's when I first started putting really terrible music out, but it was, it is what it is. You know, it it served its purpose. Now it's not like that. So I may chose that name specifically to cater to who I felt was my biggest audience at the time, which of course every year it would be like Summerfest, but yeah, there were a couple changes. It was Disco Daddies, then Young Slutty, then Hiram. I was like, you know what? I'm I'm not gonna be changing my name every year. Like, <laughs> right. but they all got booked for this festival, so like, yeah. it was interesting to see how. Yeah, I mean, this that sounds like still seeds of who make you know what got you here today. Like, if you weren't thinking like that, then we wouldn't be having this conversation so it's hard to dog the past that much i mean i know i I can't especially you know after reading the artist's way it's like i think of everything that i went through as kind of like this this process you know it's still going on it all plays a role in this big idea that is ultimately it used to be really a far-fetched dream you know like it was like I didn't even really, I still don't really see the, the end or like, where am I going exactly? I don't know. It's so weird, but it's, it's almost like spiritual really now um, that I do it full time. It's, it's amazing. I mean, at this point where you stand today, would you want to see the end? Like it almost seems like that's, that would kind of ruin it. Yeah, no, I don't want to see the end. And I've learned to really just enjoy the ride and be more selective on like who I'm doing things with, because I've learned a lot about, you know, even when you don't realize you are in a toxic relationship. And now this toxicity always goes to me to music. So like for me, music is my ultimate thing. 
So any forces that come and mess with it, to me, maybe I'm crazy, but it's like, I have this like firewall where I'm like, virus, like this person has to out, out, out. And it's just like, you're not gonna get my time. You're not gonna get my energy. You affected my one thing that matters. And it's kind of crazy, but you have to be kind of crazy actually to keep up the good work all the time and not let outside forces. I don't know. It, it's, it's, no, I agree. I mean, cause it's, yeah, I mean, you definitely have to, you know, guard your internal landscape and watch out for energy vampire type people. Exactly. Yeah. And it's true. So, you know, looking forward, I word on the street is you have some music videos that are uh, in the works. Do you want to talk about that for a second? Yeah, so, man, um, I am working on this album. So I have about, I would say three quarters, maybe like half. Um, because at first the album was going to be just a short little small EP or something like four or five tracks. But then I started really thinking about it and I was like, I'm going to make it 12 tracks. <laughs> and then, so like a full length. And then... I was doing my video at the time I was starting to shoot this video that I thought was going to be the lead single. And I'm like, whew, I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. You know, we'll be able to release this like probably in December. We'll be rolling things out, talking to marketing and PR, like, you know, in good companies helping me with this. And we have a budget for like promotion. So I want to roll it all out. And I was kind of excited just to roll it out and be productive. But then I got really caught up in the creation process. And now I'm like, whoa, this thing is really special. And I don't want it to be some short little thing. I want it to be a real, real debut. And like, so this music video was going to be for my lead single. But now I'm like, what if I haven't even made the lead single? It's a very good song. And it's super catchy and clubby. And I, it's my vocals. Like I've been doing vocals on this album. So like, it's brand new on some like different shit. And basically now I'm like, I want multiple music videos for like many of the songs I'm making. So tomorrow is day two of filming for this lead single. So I had to make sure and go get a haircut today. I mean, we filmed maybe two or three weeks ago, but then the weather has been so bad that it doesn't match the weather from the day that we filmed, which was like a clear blue sky spring day. So like, it's very specific with the lighting and we're mm -hmm. shooting with a, with a VX 1000. So it's like a skateboarder camera, the one that like people would like, so it's going to be on film on cassette or whatever. And uh, I'm working with my friend, Nick Levine, who does some things for like trans world skateboarding. And like, he's had features. So like, it's such a cool clash of both worlds and like we came up with this storyboard and luckily I have a bunch of dumb designer clothes that when I was working at the school I was like buying it all the time because I had money all the time so I have a whole wardrobe to work with for like costumes and it just all happened and I'm very excited day two uh I wish I could spill some secrets but the storyboard is very entertaining uh and i'm shooting cool. probably the most entertaining part tomorrow so. all right, all right. <laughs> can't wait to check it out 
can always, and shout out to In Good Company. They're so dope. I love like anytime I can catch a remix from them or I'm happy that you've been able to collaborate. Yeah, they are super awesome. You know, I've been trying to keep all my expenses to myself so that in the end, I don't have to share anything. You know, I don't want to complicate it. I, I feel very close with everyone that I work with. So if I have the money to pay for projects, of course, I want to. I don't want to have a debut and then it'd be like, I owe so many people so many things. So luckily I've been able to turn down maybe like if they're offering, if they offer help, of course I will. But I want to keep it pretty simple and they have offered help. And thank God, because I could need it at any moment. But right now with like, grants and things that i'm lucky to have gotten i've been okay to yeah. pay for all this out of pocket it's kind of crazy that's um kind of next level i think i feel like you kind of tend i i don't even know what to say i dig that you're just kind of keeping it to yourself and just building with what you got and not trying to be beholden to a bunch of people because i mean not saying that you know, obviously being a company is super dope, but that that approach of having all these other people have a vested interest and a say in your artistic creation yeah. is scary. It's it's a lot that has gone into this. And it it was a lot of emotion also that like led to the moment of like, I don't know, COVID really, I think we can all say we all hit like a very low, low, I would say even like, ego death and like spiritual death I, I felt like I was like seriously reborn and I can't share any of what I make out of that like if because it was so valuable to me that it's almost like no one else really went through what I went through so it's hard to give them some of the pie but I, ha I think it will be a nice pie so I have some percentage you know that I would be willing to share if it's convenient for me, but I've been paying for everything out of pocket. And I, I think I have maybe like 5,000 more dollars that I'll end up spending, but it, and it's a small thing, but it's now a small, serious thing. When before it would be like, oh, I'm just gonna drop this on SoundCloud and I'm not gonna promote it. And I'm not going to get PR. What's PR? I'm not going to drop it on every platform. You know, I'm not going to try and get it on playlists. Now I'm paying for every individual song to be mixed and mastered by Christopher Longwood, which I don't know if you know, Chris. Do you know, Chris? Yeah. He's like an amazing engineer from like, he has many years at like Sugar Hill. And like, he's done some work for like Krangbin or however you pronounce it, like their last album, Krangbin. Yeah. Uh, and like, um George Clinton and I'm just like well your credits are amazing I want you to take this this album that sounds very um computerized because it's kind of like a house album and like very digital and you know I'm using MIDI things and everything's in machine I want you to give it a more raw indie feel so now I'm like switch it's like I'm taking these elements and it's uh, so different and I feel like I if I can pay for all this up front it's a good idea yeah no I, I think that's wise indeed you know um 
I do want to be conscious of time. So I guess what I want to leave our listeners with is, uh, you know, maybe the best way for someone to check out your work and support. Okay. Uh, I really, you know, the, the best way to really support would be my band camp. Of course, I, I think it's the edits, which a lot of the last ones are like completely new instrumentals. And I'm going to start dropping the instrumentals separate and things like that. That has been a great way to get, you know, fan support. But of course, my SoundCloud has everything on it, probably more than my Bandcamp. But you can't, you can get those songs for free, but you have to like repost, do the link gate, all these things. I don't know what's better, what's worse to me. Money is as good as like Bandcamp support is as good as someone just reposting the song. But these days, it almost feels like it hurts people. So I, I would say the biggest form of support is Bandcamp. SoundCloud is also great. Cool. Yeah, we'll make sure to link to all of that, as well as open source. And yeah, man, I'm just super thankful for you spending some time cutting it up. This has been really great. So much appreciated. Yeah, man, it was a it was a blast. How long has it been? Has it already been like forty minutes or something? Yeah, forty minutes. <laughs> well, yeah, that's that that's cool. Yeah, we we covered some good stuff. Um, eventually, when the album drops, it'll be on like Spotify and Pandora and every platform like Amazon, Apple. Um, so then it'll be a lot more broad. But that moment hasn't happened yet. So cool. it's just SoundCloud. Well, you already know we'll be repping where all the places whenever it's out on iTunes Music and all that, all that jazz. So that's cool, awesome. man. Yeah, I appreciate it. It's such a good time every time we talk, and you know, the interviews are always fun, and making mixes for you guys is always fun. Guest sets. Dope. Yes, I'm definitely looking forward to hearing what you got, man. Awesome. <laughs>
Cosmic, 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 cosmic